Hello, residents. My name is Mike Estefan. I'm joined today by Maddie Watts, and thank you for downloading this month's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Pearson Ravitz Insurance, my personal independent disability insurance agent. We will talk more about Pearson Ravitz later in the episode. So, we're trying something a little different this time. Obviously, I'm not Zach, but I am a brand new, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed attending. And as such, after three whole years of being tormented by Zach, we thought it was only fair if I got to return the favor. Maddie, I hope you're feeling ready for my case today, because it was designed to mess you up. How are you doing, Maddie? I'm good. I'm a little nervous about the revenge you're going to get. <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it took a while to make this case because I was like, I can't be too mean. Like this first revenge case cannot be the end of all cases. But you did so well last week that, it, you know, it, I had to strike a fine balance. Just remember that I'm still only in my second month of intern year, so <laughs> don't be too mean. <laughs> I, I think you're going to do fine. Um, yeah, you blew that last case out of the water for the most part. There there was one, one thing that Zach and I were talking about afterwards that Zach told me he was just too stunned at how well you did to even bring up. Like it was just <laughs> totally forgot. But there was one critical action that I think we should bring up before we start this uh this month's episode. So uh, COPD exacerbations, we usually also treat with steroids, five days of steroids, and that was left out. Um, regardless, I don't think you would have failed your case. You freaking knocked it out of the park. But for the listeners out there, uh, steroids and COPD exacerbations are typically a critical action of these cases. But enough about last week. Let's get into this week's case. All right, I'm ready. Alrighty, so today is round number two of the game for Maddie Watts. Maddie will need to perform today's case in real ABEM oral boards format. She has 15 minutes to complete the full case. She does not know what this case is ahead of time. If Maddie hits all of the critical actions that I have listed out beforehand, she wins. If she doesn't, or if she performs a dangerous action, I win. These cases were created by me. They are not derived from actual ABEM cases, and they are not real patients. Maddie, take out a piece of paper and a pencil. Place the paper sideways in front of you. Outline a human body on the left side, and let me know when you are ready. I'm ready. Okay. Dr. Watts, this will be a single patient encounter. You will have 15 minutes to complete the case. Before we begin, do you have any questions? Nope, no questions. I'm ready to go. Okay, let me just start this timer. By the way, it feels so empowering to have a timer. Let me just say. This is attending hood. <laughs> this is attending hood. Okay, and your timer starts now. You are working at Clerkship General when the next chart is handed to you by the charge nurse, a 31-year-old female presenting with abdominal pain. Okay. I walk into her room. What do I see from the door? You see a young woman in no acute distress sitting comfortably on the stretcher playing with her phone. Okay. Can I get an opening set of vitals? 
of course. Her initial blood pressure is 109 over 65. Her initial heart rate is 96. Her initial respiratory rate is 21. Her O2 set is 99%. And her temperature is 99.1 Fahrenheit. All right. Um, So I introduced myself to the patient and asked her what brought her into the emergency department today. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One minute. Can't you see I'm busy? I'm about to beat my Candy Crush high score. Uh, oh, wait. Wait, are you, are you the doctor? Okay. Hey, yes, okay, I'm Dr. Watts. I heard you're here for abdominal pain. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, let's make this quick. I I, uh, I have a nail appointment in two hours that I, I really can't miss. But so so this abdominal pain, I, I've been having abdominal pain for six whole days now. Okay. It started out really kind of intermittent, but now it hurts all the time. Okay. And I, I just don't know what's going on. Okay. Um, where do you feel it specifically in your abdomen? And is it throughout or is there a particular spot that hurts the worst? It's it's just kind of in my lower abdomen. Okay. Kind of like in the in the middle. And how would you describe the pain? You said it, it kind of comes and goes. Is it more dull or sharp? Uh, it's Well, it started out... I would say it started out really dull and it's still dull, but now it started out intermittent and now it's constant. Okay, now it's constant. That's why I came in today. Okay. Have you noticed anything that makes the pain worse? Uh, Yeah, it, it hurts a little more when I use the bathroom. Okay. And when you say use the bathroom, do you mean urination or um, stooling? Yeah, urination. Okay. Um. Do you feel a burning sensation when you go to the bathroom? Yeah, I would say it burns a little bit. Okay. All right. And I'm going more frequently. Okay. Um, and then anything that makes it better? Uh, not really. Okay. Have you had any fevers or chills with this? I had some chills last night, but that's about it. Okay. Um, any nausea or vomiting? Actually, you know, that's really weird that you say that. Um, I've been nauseous and vomiting for quite some time now. Um, It almost seems like it started before this pain started. Okay. It's been at least a week. Okay. At least a week? Yeah. Okay. Um, Any blood in the vomit? No. Okay. Anything else new? Any other new symptoms you've noticed recently? Um, No, not really. I mean, I started my period yesterday, but... That's nothing out of the ordinary for me. Um, Otherwise, everything else seems pretty good. Okay. Um, And has this period been fairly normal for you in terms of the amount of bleeding? Oh, yeah. Completely normal. Um, I was spotting yesterday, and I soaked one tampon today. Okay. Nothing out of the ordinary for me. And any changes in your vaginal discharge? Uh, I'm not having any uh, vaginal discharge, anything new. Okay. Um, and any chance you could be pregnant? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty irregular but with my periods, but um, I'm having my period, so. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure, because sometimes bleeding can happen in pregnancy. I just wanted to ask. Okay. Um, in terms of your general health, do you have any medical problems? Uh, yes. I have asthma. And I have iron deficiency anemia. Okay. All right. Um, And do you take any medications? I take albuterol as needed. 
and I take iron. Okay. Um, ever had to have surgery before? Yeah, when I was a kid, they uh, they took out my appendix. Okay. All right. Um, and any allergies to medications that you know about? Yeah, I can't take Zofran. Okay. What happens with the Zofran? I stop breathing. Oh, okay. That's good to know. All right. Um, okay. Um, so we'll definitely get to the bottom of your abdominal pain. I want to go ahead and do an initial workup. So um, I'd like to put in for some labs. Um, I want to do a CBC, a BMP, a urine pregnancy test, um, and a urinalysis. And then while that's cooking, I'm going to go ahead and do my physical exam. Um, so um, heart and lungs sound normal, clear. Uh, before you do your exam, the nurse is asking you, do, you, do you want this patient on the monitor? Do you want access or can I just straight stick her? Oh, yes. Um, I would like this patient on the monitor. And if let's go ahead and get a peripheral IV. Okay, I'm on it. Awesome. All right, thank so, you. Sorry, back to, back, back to your exam. No, thank you for that reminder, nurse. Um, <laughs> all right, so um, going to go ahead and take a listen. Do I hear normal active bowel sounds? Uh, yes, you hear bowel sounds. Okay. Um, and as I palpate through her abdomen, does she have any tenderness in any particular region? She has mild suprapubic tenderness to palpation. Okay. Without rebound, without guarding. Okay. All right. Um, and does she have pretty good cap refill? Yeah, cap refill is less than two seconds. Okay. All right. Um, and then... Given that she hasn't endorsed any um, excessive bleeding or changes in her discharge, I'm going to hold off on a pelvic exam at this time. Okay. All right. So um, want to go ahead and get those labs, and um, then we'll go from there. Okay. Um, the nurse comes in and says, hey, I just dipped the urine. Her pregnancy test is positive. Okay. All right. Um so I'd like to go back to the patient and say, hey, um, we did a urine pregnancy test just because that's what we do on all of our female patients with abdominal pain, and it actually came back positive. No, no, no. There's no way. That's got to be a false positive. Well, it's it's fairly accurate, so I do think that you're pregnant. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so what does that mean? Well, um, in the case of pregnancy, it's possible that you've just had a little bit of bleeding. Um, it's fairly common within the first trimester, but I think it's a good idea to go ahead and do a pelvic exam and just take a look at the amount of bleeding that you have. Would you be okay with that? Um, yeah, if you think that's what's necessary. Okay. Um, and also, it your symptoms do sound um, similar to what you might have with a UTI, which is something that we do make sure to treat in pregnancy. So we have some other urine studies pending, and I'll let you know what those show. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, um, so I'd like to set up for the pelvic exam. And in particular, what I'm looking for is the amount of bleeding that I see and also to check if her os is open or closed. Okay, uh, you set up for a pelvic exam. Uh, the nurse comes in and she's like, hey, at our hospital, we don't have the fancy uh, fancy stretchers with the stirrups. How do you want to set up? Do you have any tricks? 
I do because we have also been very busy recently. Um, so I can get some warm towels and um, stack those up underneath the patient's hips to kind of give a little bit of elevation and then have her put her ankles together and have her knees fall out wide. Um, and that should hopefully be relatively comfortable for her. I think that's a great idea. Uh, okay. She's all set up for you. Okay. Um, okay. So on, on your pelvic exam, you see a moderate amount of bleeding in the vaginal vault, okay. no active hemorrhage, and the os is closed. Okay. Is there anything else you're looking for? Um, that's primarily what I'm looking for on the, um, the vaginal exam, but I would also like to um, do an ultrasound. I'm going to try for transabdominal first. Does she have any idea how many weeks along she could possibly be? Uh, like I said, my, my periods are really irregular. So I think my last period was three or four months ago, but that's, that's normal for me. Okay. Um, well, let's go ahead and try with the transabdominal probe to take a look and see if we can, um, see anything. And then if not, we may need to do a transvaginal ultrasound. So you put in for a transabdominal ultrasound. In the meantime, uh, some labs have come back. Uh, CBC, your white blood cell count is eight. Your hemoglobin is 11. Your platelets are 200 K. Okay. Your BMP, your electrolytes are normal with a bicarb of 19. Uh, it looks like she has a very slightly elevated anion gap at 17. Um, her renal function is all normal. And then her urinalysis is notable for plus three leukesterase, plus nitrate, plus three blood, plus two ketones, and lots of white cells without any squamous cells. Okay. All right. Um, so I will definitely want to treat her for UTI. So um, I'll want to, I think she should be able to go home. So I'll probably plan on just doing some outpatient antibiotics. Um, I think we could do um, nitrofurantoin, if it's just a um, urinary tract infection, although I do want to add on an ultrasound of her kidneys um, to see if there's any hydronephrosis. I worry this could possibly be pyelonephritis. Um, since she's the nausea vomiting, I can't tell if that's from pregnancy or if that might be a sign that she has a higher infection. Okay. Um, so you... You get the transabdominal ultrasound and the kidney ultrasound. The kidney ultrasound looks fine. There's no hydronephrosis, no discrete abscess seen. Transabdominal ultrasound shows a gestational sac in the uterus, but no definitive IUP. It was uh, somewhat of a limited study. Okay. Um, so for her, since I don't have a um, definitive IUP, I would like to get a um, blood HCG level, and I do think that she's going to need to follow up with my OBGYN colleagues. Um, depending on the level, um, she we need to make sure that this is an intrauterine pregnancy and also ensure whether or not it's a viable pregnancy, so I would like to order that as well. Okay, so a beta HCG, and did you say you wanted that transvaginal ultrasound? Um, yes, I think it's worth doing a transvaginal ultrasound. Maybe she's not far enough along where we could really see from the transabdominal probe. Okay. All right. Um, 
the the patient said the nurse comes back to you the patient says she's feeling nauseous is there anything we can give her Ooh, um so i know there you can give pyridoxine and there's another um medicine that you give with it for pregnant women with um nausea vomiting so um ooh, do i have a pharmacist available uh the pharmacist is shaking their head. They're reluctant to help you, but they said because you're new, they will answer one question for you. Okay, so I What is your question? I have a patient who has an allergy to Zofran and is also pregnant. I want to give her something for nausea and vomiting. I know you can give pyridoxine with another medication and it's really effective in vomiting and pregnancy and it's safe in pregnancy. Do you happen to know what this is? Uh, so the brand name is Diclegis. Uh, it's per- it's paradoxine mixed with doxolamine. Okay. And we have it. We can give it to her. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your help, pharmacist. Okay. So one dose of Diclegis is ordered. Um, okay. You get the beta HCG. The beta HCG is, uh, 3000 and transvaginal ultrasound fortunately shows a definitive IUP. Okay. And there's no additional signs of an ectopic pregnancy, ectopic pregnancy in either of the adnexa, correct? No, no, they do not see a hetero ectopic pregnancy. Okay. All right. Well, I want to go back to the patient and kind of tell her what we found so far. So it looks like you do have an interuterine pregnancy and you're um, right at the threshold where we should be able to see it based on your your blood levels. So I would like to arrange for you to have follow up with OBGYN. um, And I also would like to um, give you some antibiotics for um, what I think is a urinary tract infection. But can I also recycle some vitals and see how she's doing with her nausea? Uh, okay, you repeat all her vitals. Her blood pressure is 110 over 60, heart rate 95, respiratory rate 22, O2 set 99%. Uh, and she feels better uh, with the medication you gave her. Okay. And I remember you mentioned she had some a little bit of ketones in the urine, a slight anion gap out of um, elevation. Did we have a glucose? Uh, her glucose was normal okay. on her BMP. Okay. All right. Um, well, I think that you're appropriate to go home, but I'd like for you to follow up with OBGYN um, in the next couple of days just so that they can follow up. I know that this pregnancy was a surprise for you, so... Um, you guys can kind of talk through that and what you want to do. And then they can also follow up and make sure that you've cleared this urinary tract infection. Um, I'm going to give you a medication called nitrofurin toin um, that you, or macrobid. You can take that at home for um, your UTI, which I think is the most likely cause of your abdominal pain. I'm reassured that while you had a little bit of bleeding, your um, cervical os was closed. So Um, I don't think that this is evidence of a miscarriage, but I think you should have very prompt follow-up with the OBGYN and please come back to the emergency department if you have increases in your bleeding, especially if you're bleeding through um, a pad every 30 minutes, a pad every hour. That's something that would be really concerning and I'd like for you to come back. Okay, and you have discharged the patient, is that right? Yes, I'd like to discharge the patient. Okay. And that ends your case right on time. 
Woo! Whew. Good job. Thanks. That was that was a lot to fit in. Yeah, that was a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So before we go through how you did, let's quickly talk about our sponsor for the month, Pearson Rabbits Insurance. So Zach and I have talked about this extensively. The podcast takes time and money to run, and sponsorship helps alleviate some of these costs. However, we have agreed not to sell our souls, so to speak, with potential sponsors. You guys should really see some of the companies that have reached out to us and we've turned down. I think my favorite so far was from this really sketchy pharmaceutical company for a product that I've never even heard of. My point is that Zach and I won't sponsor just anyone. We're only going to sponsor companies that we truly believe in and we utilize ourselves. And Pearson Rabbits is one of those companies. Pearson Rabbits is my own and Zach's own personal disability insurance agent. And Pearson Rabbits is the real deal. I literally just went through this. It's really important to get as a resident. The discounts that you get as a resident compared to an attending are enormous. So don't wait until it's too late. Head to www.pearsonrabbits.com to schedule an appointment with a member of their team. And now back to our case. Maddie Watts, how do you think you did? How do you think that went? I think I got to most of the points I wanted to, but I was bouncing all over the place. There was a lot going on, including ordering my labs and then being like, I did not examine the patient so or establish access. So, yeah. No, I I think you did really good. And this was kind of what I meant to test with this case. So being a second month intern, your medical knowledge and medical decision making probably isn't quite there yet. Yeah. But based on, based on how you did on the first case, your structural skills and your organizational skills and your ability to play the game are top notch already. And I'm not sure if that is because you are just a stud of a, a stud of a resident slash student or because you have experience listening to the game in the past or a combination of the both. But you did excellent. Um, and that was something I really struggled with was the structure of the game. Um, so I designed this case to not have anything crazy medical, but just have a lot of issues going on and a lot of pivoting. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get that urine, you don't get that urine pregnancy up front and that completely derails the case. Yeah. It's a totally right? different so case you got, after that. So um, one thing that you you did really well um, was get that urine pregnancy very early on. I was really hoping to have that fall later in the case, and then you're you're backpedaling, yeah. right? Because it starts off sounding like a, a simple UTI, and she's like kind of having her period. You know, she's probably not pregnant. Then that comes back positive, and now it's like a rollout ectopic all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, so I think I think you did really good there. And as far as like not getting access or ordering tests before the exam, honestly, in the real life, like <laughs> that's kind of how we do it. You know, like that is the most efficient way to kind of go about things. Like you've talked to the patient, you know what you're going to order. You can tell the nurse what you want while you're examining the patient. Like I do that every single day. So mm-hmm. you're right. Maybe not on the oral boards exam. But in terms of real life, like that's how you get efficient. Um, so I, I I didn't think that was terribly bad. Um, 
let's let's kind of go through this in more detail um you did really well there was one critical action that was missed and that is kind of going along with my theme of having a lot of different things that had to have been done okay um so so the five critical actions and we'll discuss them in further detail were number one obtain a pregnancy test which you did Number two, confirm an intrauterine pregnancy. Basically rule out an ectopic pregnancy, which you did. Number three was treat the UTI. Um, We'll talk about antibiotic choice. Number four, perform a discharge with appropriate counseling. You hit most of the points I was looking for. I 100% will give this to you. Um, And then the fifth critical action would have been to administer Rogam. Um, Are you familiar with yeah i forgot to ask and she probably doesn't know her rh status i also didn't ask if she'd had a previous pregnancy yeah so if you had asked her ob history she would have told you that she she's had two previous pregnancies um and you could have ordered an rh test which would have been rh negative Mm. and with the moderate moderate amount of bleeding in the vaginal vault um that would be an indication for rogam um but let's let's start at the top and kind of dissect this a little bit okay um so with rogam it's actually really interesting so we're kind of classically taught in emergency medicine like oh pregnant vaginal bleeding if they're rh negative just give rogam um but the the different societies actually have different recommendations meaning asap and acog acog is the american college of obstetricians and gynecologists um so asap recommends giving rogram to all women who are experiencing first trimester loss of pregnancy but does not recommend against or for it for threatened abortions which is what Mm. this patient had she had a threatened miscarriage right vaginal bleeding she had a confirmed iup and the os was closed Mm -hmm. um However, ACOG has much broader guidelines than ASAP, and granted, it is like the OBGYN guidelines. Um, these It makes sense that it's a little more detailed, but generally, ACOG recommends Rogam for any ectopic pregnancy, any abdominal trauma, definitely for any second or third trimester miscarriage, and then to consider in a first trimester miscarriage, especially if late first trimester. Um so it's interesting and i looked at my hospital's kind of policy and i looked at my residency programs policy and everyone is different so i i guess the the sum of it is wherever you work if you have a labor and delivery floor your hospital will almost certainly have a policy on when to give rogam the risks of giving rogam are very minimal there's not like a high rate of anaphylaxis or anything associated with it um and it can really kind of save pregnancies future pregnancies um because these kids can develop hemolytic disease of the newborn and that's that's never good um so pregnant vaginal bleeding i typically give it but again it's it's hospital specific um the only other thing i really wanted to talk about a little bit on this episode was uh treatment of a uti in pregnancy um you know this is like such simple stuff we we all learn as med students like asymptomatic bacteria in pregnancy like you never treat asymptomatic utis except in pregnancy right yes um but uh one of the things i was reading um, which is actually interesting. You know, 
we go through residency and you read and you um, you get taught things by your attendings and you learn certain ways to do things. But I didn't spend much time actually reading the professional society guidelines in residency. And when I was preparing for this case, I was reading ACOG's guidelines about UTIs in pregnancy. And so they actually recommend against macrobid in the first trimester. Interesting. Um, it, there have... Yeah. So there have been studies showing um, uh, increase in congenital anomalies to kids who get macrobit in the first trimester, I believe. Um, But the data is like really weak. And even ACOG is like, hey, if they can't take Keflex or like Cephalexin or other first line first trimester antibiotics, then, you know, nitrofurantoin is fine, but it's not like a first line choice in first trimester. It is the first line choice in second and third trimester, according to ACOG. Hmm. Yeah, I also thought about Keflex and I, I'm not really sure why I went with Macrobid. I just think under the stress, I was like, oh, I don't know Macrobid. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it works. It works. You treated the UTI. You did fine. Um, so I, Overall, I would say you completely passed this case. I don't think you would fail for not giving Rogam, but it was a critical action. Okay. Um, and then uh, impressive knowledge with the diclegis, the pyridoxine and doxylamine. That's exactly what I was hoping you would order with her anaphylactic history to Zofran. Yeah. I was actually kind of hoping you would order the Zofran. Um, well, I also know Zofran is a fun. little bit controversial in pregnancy. Like, There's not great data, but there's some hesitancy to use it so i think either way i would have probably tried to avoid it at least as my first line yeah you know it's funny you bring that up so everyone you ask will give a different opinion on zofran by the books it's like last line in pregnancy because there were all these lawsuits about uh i think it was like cardiac defects it actually was shown to like mildly increase the rate of Um, but there were all these lawsuits and it was like this big thing and then there were more studies and it was like this actually is like a very very minimal risk so where i trained um we our obstetricians preferred zofran Mm. um so we would give that uh, second line so it would be after the diclegis after the doxylamine and pyridoxine um, but anyone coming in with hyperemesis they're like how much you know you can't admit them to the hospital till you've given them like 16 as <laughs> like r- ridiculous stuff but um, it, it, yeah it's it's very controversial and it's very location and OB dependent I agree yeah I think that was the other part about this case that was a little challenging because I feel like different departments and institutions vary so much on how they handle obstetric patients. Like at my institution, we actually see all pregnant patients before 20 weeks in the normal emergency department, and we largely handle their care without consulting OBGYN um, unless there's you know a complication or they need to be admitted. But I know some institutions that's different. And so I was like, I don't know if it's going to be a critical action to consult OBGYN, but I felt like this patient was stable. And as long as they had pretty prompt um, outpatient follow-up. I didn't think that they needed that. So that was another kind of like iffy thing while I was going through it. No, and I I think everything you did was completely appropriate. I would have told you OB isn't at this hospital. Um, (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) But then again, of course not, right? But then again, you know, you were just dealing with a a threatened miscarriage, not a bleeding ectopic pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Well, that's really all I have for the case. I want to. There's a lot to kind of dissect here, but we'll leave it for the mid-month episode. But um, I have so many questions for you. How is residency? How is being a resident? You're now in. So we're recording at the end of August now. So you've been a resident for like two months, basically. How is it? Yeah, it's been really good. I definitely feel dumb a lot. <laughs> Um, (laughs) that's the main takeaway, but I'm also learning a lot and I have to remind myself that especially in emergency medicine, there is just so much to know. So you always feel like you, there's like so much more that you need to learn. But then I think about all the things that I didn't know even two months ago and I'm like, okay, I'm actually doing pretty good. Um, (laughs) but no, it's been great. And I, I've, really bonded with my intern class so far. We've had a lot of fun getting to know each other. And um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what the rest of the year holds. That's awesome. Um, What rotations have you done so far? So I started in the department. We actually all start in the department in July. And so we did shifts in all areas of the department, which was really fun, kind of getting your feet wet and getting used to how things run. And then this past month, I've been on cardiology, which I actually think is kind of a unique rotation for our program. But <clears throat> we have a teaching service and the attending is really great. Um, but we've been drilling EKGs so much so that I actually dreamed. I was interpreting EKGs in my dream last night. Um, <laughs> I like actually that happened. And so fast and narrow, (laughs) slow and wide. No, I was doing bundle branch blocks in my dream, um, which was kind of sad. I was like, I feel like I should be dreaming about more fun things than bundle branch blocks. But um, it's been a lot of EKGs and it's been really good because, you know, that's so much of what we see in the emergency department is like chest pain rule out and um, AFib and things like that. So it's been really good. And then I move on to pediatric emergency medicine month next month. Oh, some some good old PEM. Yes. Um, Speaking of feeling yeah, dumb. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that's always that's always a, a rotation that rocks the ship at the beginning of residency. Yeah. Because you you start to get comfortable in the ED, and then you show up in the PDD, and you're like, oh my god, it's a whole I know different nothing. world. This is just like, do I get labs? Do I not get labs? Oh my yeah. god, it's such a big deal to put an IV. In. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Kids are not just um, small adults. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's at, at my current job. We we see like le- like I haven't seen a kid yet. I've been working almost a month and I haven't seen a single pediatric patient yet. I'm kind of nervous for when I move the area. I mean, it's really nice not seeing peds, but you know the the volume just isn't there at some places yeah no I like peds but it's just you have to completely think of new things and it's yeah it's gonna be hard but fun I'm excited you will do great you will do great yes okay well that about wraps up our episode today thanks to everyone for listening and um dealing with the Zach imposter for today maybe I'll be back maybe I won't we'll to be determined we will figure that out but Be sure to stay tuned for our mid-month episode. And until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.